Today we're going to talk about that spirit of thankfulness. And brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So here's the deal. Each week we invite the congregation to do a little homework. And, and the hope is, is that you take what you hear on the weekends and, and kind of let it carry you through the week and have this little blip on the radar and reminder of how you are to apply that to, to daily life. In fact, several months ago now, uh, I invited the congregation to share their favorite healing story as we looked uh, at the miracles of Jesus. And I remember uh, a member of the con congregation shared this from, about our text for today. And I want you to listen up because the whole message can be summarized in what this person said. You ready? They said, I have found the story of the ten lepers meaningful, and I get frustrated when grandchildren do not thank me for birthday, Christmas gifts, etc. It seems that many people our age have the same complaints. Then I think of Jesus healing the ten leopards and lepers, and only one came back to thank Jesus. This certainly has been an issue forever. But how many gifts has God given me that I've not been thankful for? Certainly puts things in perspective, doesn't it? I, I could just end the message there this morning, and we get the idea, we get the concept about, about that heart and that spirit of gratitude, because that does hit home. And how many times have we been critical of someone for a lack of gratitude and thankfulness because that we've received? And, and maybe we've even regretted giving them a gift because they didn't give us the thanks that we thought that they should give. And not only thought about get taking it back, but maybe there's a part of us that thought about canceling the person's subscription to our generosity list. You know what? If they're not going to say thank you, well, I'm not going to give them this gift. Yet here's the deal. God doesn't work that way. What God does is he continues to pour blessing after blessing into our lives in spite of the way that we respond. Whether it's a heart of thankfulness and gratitude or, or whether we're just dismissive and, and go about our lives. So today we're challenged to reflect on how we respond to God's provision in our lives. Do we pause long enough to say thank you for God's work and provision and blessing and movement? Or do we simply move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing without much thought, thinking, well, that's great, Lord, but, but here's what I need now. Here's the next thing that, that's on my list. And so, so if you could grant me this prayer, if you can grant me this thing, then I'll be okay. Then, then, and then maybe we'll say thank you, or, but maybe we're too busy. Or, or maybe we just get distracted by life. Maybe we're just preoccupied. Or, or sometimes you just simply take the, the blessings of life for granted, those small things that we should truly be thankful to God for. Church, what lesson about a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving can we learn today from this one man who came back after being healed to give thanks to Jesus? So I don't know about you, but, but it seems that whenever life gets a little crazy, uh, there's certain things that fall by the wayside. And the biggest thing for me that falls by the wayside is the cleanliness of my car. It's the first thing to go. And let's be real, these days, spending money on a car wash, it's not the top of my priority list. And, and I've been known to actually, if, if your sprinkler goes into the road a little bit too much, I will drive my car past that back and forth a couple times. Anybody else? Can I get a witness? Right? Right? Yeah, the problem is it just has one streak that's really clean and the rest of it still remains dirty. But, but as you've experienced as well, with all the dust and pollen and smoke that we've been having lately, thank you Canada for those gifts, it's gotten pretty bad. So after months of neglect, thankfully it rained on July 4th. I was thrilled. Maybe you're not in the same boat as I am. But in the middle of that rainstorm, what I did is I decided to pull my car out of the garage and let the rain do the work for me. 
And as I'm sitting in the car listening to the pitter-patter of the rain, making sure it's not hail, I'm playing homescapes, it's a peaceful moment, all of a sudden Rachel rushes out of the garage and she's got a towel and a bottle of soap in her hand. And she starts squirting it on the car and she starts washing, washing the car. And she is just smiling, her smile is making me smile. Now, now don't get me wrong, there's a brief moment that I wanted to throw my head back and go, ugh, right? Because I didn't want to get wet. But I also didn't want to miss out on that opportunity. And so we had a little fun. I took off my shoes and socks. I hopped out of the car and I started to help. So thanks to Rach and the Lord, my car is now clean. <laughs> yeah, there's a problem though, because now while the outside of my car is clean, the inside is a totally different story. If you think the outside of my car is a mess, the inside uh, is even worse. In fact, if I had a ratio of how many times I wash the outside to the inside, it's like a 50 to 1 ratio. And sometimes what I want to do and what it needs is to take a power washer and just spray down the inside of that car and getting all the dirt and grime and spilled coffee that's accumulated. You see, the car is not quite clean until the in inside comes along for that ride. See, when it comes to healing, it's not just the transformation that might take place in our lives or, or physically, right? But it's the transformation that also takes place in our hearts. And it's that type of transformation that we heard about in our reading for today, that in the healing of the ten lepers, where, where after Jesus instructs the, these men to go, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went there, made clean. One seeing what happened, paused dead in his tracks, and he turned around. And he shouted a word of thanksgiving and praise. And he not only shouted, but he knelt down at the feet of Jesus and he prostrated himself. He said, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for how you've worked in my life. See, when was the last time that we paused long enough to give God thanks and praise for the blessings and his movement in our lives? When was the last time that we fell down before the Lord with, with tears welling up in our eyes, like, much like when we watch a Hallmark commercial, right? Our tears just kind of well up and we're like, we're hitting the heart. When was the last time that that happened when we thought about God's movement and blessing in our lives, not just for the big things, but for the little things in life? In fact, I want to talk a little bit about gratitude. The word that we sing in worship, the words that we say hallelujah means praise the Lord. The word hosanna is expression of, of praise and joy. Amen means let it be so, right? Let it be according to your word. And if the people of God aren't praising, if we're not lifting up our voices, then the question is who will? If you think about it, God is doing a healing work in countless lives. Yet most don't pause long enough to acknowledge it or simply say a word of thanks. And sadly, there are those who don't even recognize that it is God's hand working in their lives. And they not only know it, they don't know it, but they don't acknowledge his movement. And that's why it's so important for us to be those voices, to be the ones who pause in the hectic pace of life, to simply offer a word of thanks, because that is our testimony of faith. And that testimony of faith can speak into somebody else's life that may cause them to pause, to take a step back, and to share a word of thanksgiving to God and that good news. So let me ask you, what, what is the good news of Jesus Christ and your heart worth? Is it worth a yay, right? Or is it worth something bigger? Is it worth something greater? The longest shout of praise that we have ever had for the change, not only on the outside, but the change that he's created on the inside. 
In fact, it's part of the communion liturgy at traditional worship, and it's a shame that we're not having communion today uh, because then we would be singing that song. But there's the, that song of thanksgiving that we see, receive after receiving communion. And it's known as the post-communion canticle. And, and, and while our choir often emphasizes that word shout from time to time, there's a certain family that sits in that section over there that you can hear their voices louder than you can hear the choir. And the choir's mic'd, by the way. And so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to sing this together. And what I want you to do is when we get to that word shout, I want you to blow the roof off this place. All right, church? Here we go. Thankful hearts and voices raised, tell everyone what God has done. Let everyone who seeks the Lord rejoice and bear the name of Christ. Send us with your promises, lead your people forth in joy with shout of thanksgiving. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That was good, church. That was good. You know, we sing that every week, but have you ever looked at those words? Have you ever let them just sink in about what we're singing about? We just received communion. We're being sent out into the world for the life of the world, and this is the song on our hearts. And many of you are like, okay, church is over. Let's get out. No, there's still some more stuff to do that we have before us today. So how about it? What would it mean for us to allow that song of praise to well up in us, to come from the depths of our soul and cause us to lift up our voice and reflect on God's work in creation, God's, God's saving grace on the cross and his day-to-day -day work in each of our lives. See, in our lesson for today, we can certainly see that there is a difference between the nine who are healed and the one. And notice that all 10 are healed. Jesus himself says, we're not the 10 healed. He told them what to do, and I would imagine they all did it. And after they were made clean, I would imagine that, that it would have been hard for them to, to act as if nothing happened. When, when somebody asked them, well, well how were you made clean? They, would, they wouldn't say something, well, I've been working out, well, I've been eating better. No, they would take the opportunity to talk about this man named Jesus. They had just been cured from incurable disease they, that isolated them that kept them separated from family, that, that, that caused them not, to not have the ability to work. They were outcasts living in a community of outcasts, separated from, from anyone and everyone, even loved ones. And as they went around the streets, notice the distance in our text for today, they would have to yell out, unclean, unclean, and the seas would part as nobody wanted to even come close to them. But it wasn't just a physical healing but their very lives had been restored. While only one came back, it would be hard-pressed to say that the other nine who didn't return didn't come to faith. I mean, granted, Jesus shares that the one who returned, he said, get up and go, your faith has made you well, talking about that physical, but also that spiritual transformation that had taken place. But perhaps as the other nine stood in front of the priest and showed them what happened, maybe, maybe they gave witness and a testimony to what Jesus had done. Maybe, just maybe, they gave God praise for the change that happened in their lives, or they began to tell others about what had happened. And sometimes I wish that there was a little Bible supplement for all these things that you, work, that you think about in Scripture. Okay, what happened next? What happened in the lives of the nine? How were they changed? How were they transformed? And what was the ripple effect because of that instance? You see, when Jesus acts in our hearts and lives... There should be a response. 
don't simply receive that gift. What we got to do, church, is we have to acknowledge it and allow it to transform us from the inside out. And maybe it's not a healing from a, a physical disease. Maybe, maybe there's something that's been weighing on your mind. Maybe it is a certain mindset. Or maybe it's been a financial hardship for you and you've been set back and you find yourself kind of coming out of that. Or maybe there's an unknown. Or maybe God has restored a relationship or even a relationship with your own family. Maybe our word of praise should be because of that simple gift of faith. See, God restores church. God heals. God transforms lives. And he not only does it in our lives each and every day, but he does it in the lives of the world. And it takes us to share that word of truth. And we are called to live a life of gratitude and thanksgiving and witness to the transforming work of God in our lives. In fact, as I was preparing the message for this week, there was a text that kept coming to mind over and over. And it's, it's from Psalm 103. And what I love about this text is that is a, a psalm of thanksgiving for God's goodness. That's the title. And in it, David sets the stage in verse 1 and 2. And notice how, how this ends. It ends with a dash. More specifically, it ends with an M dash for my English folks out there, okay? Used to highlight or, or to note, make note that there's going to be a list coming down here. And David writes this. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. All is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And do not forget all of his benefits. And then David, after this moment, what he does in the remainder of his psalm is he lists bullet point after bullet point, verse after verse of how God has moved and worked, not only in his life, but in the lives of his people and what God has done and will continue to do. And I wonder what my list would be after that, M dash. I wonder what I would put as far as not only the attributes of God, but how he has been faithful and how he has moved and how I have witnessed that movement, not only in my life, but the lives of other people. What would be my list? In fact, as part of your homework this week, I, I want you to read the opening verse of Psalm 103, those two verses, and begin to fill in that M dash afterwards. Try to, try to get seven things. And it's not just a challenge for today. I want you to try to get seven things each and every day of this week that you are thankful for and how you uplift who God is and what he has done. And if you're looking for ideas of what that might look like, read the remainder of Psalm 103 and take that as inspiration as you create that list of those seven things. You see, church, the difference between the nine and the one is not in the healing itself, but in the one's man's response to what God had done, not only in his life, but more importantly, what God had done in his heart. And I wonder, where have I been more like the other nine who failed to say thank you, who forgot to say thank you? You know, I'm sorry, I should have instructed my ushers and my, and my vocalists, but it's a little bit longer, you know, we're, we're not the end yet. I love the enthusiasm, though. This is cool, but just a little bit more. You can have a seat. It's okay. I'll give his homework again. All right. Like many of you who have lost loved ones, um, there are certain things that I miss. I, I miss calling my dad uh, just on occasions. Uh, the reason is that, that, he, that he would, uh, we would be in a conversation together, and within uh, seconds after hanging up, my dad would just call me back, and he would say, son, one more thing. I forgot to say, right? And, and I would get that call back. And sometimes, yeah, it would be annoying. I could anticipate it. I just had my phone in my hand. Yeah, dad, right? But, and, and it wouldn't be just one time. It would be two times or three times. And sometimes it would be a day after, and he would just kind of continue with that as well. 
Uh, but, but the one more thing, that, that, that one more thing, that, that thing I forgot to say, seemed to be exactly what I needed. And, and I confess that sometimes I do the same thing. Some of you have experienced that with me. I may give you a call. We, we have a conversation. We connect on something. And after I hang up, I'll call you back. And I often get this confused, hello, like it's a mistake. And I just say to you, it's me again. Would it be okay if I prayed? I forgot to say something. I forgot to connect on just, just one more thing. So what if we took a moment to reflect right now, right here in worship today, to take a pause, to go back to Jesus, to share a word of thanks? What would it mean for us to circle back with a spirit of gratitude and appreciation? So I want to celebrate together. And so what I wanted you to do today is there, there's those little connection cards in your pews, right? Some of you use them to draw on, to make notes on, that's cool. But what I want you to do is I want you to pick up one of those. And I want you to just spend just a couple moments right here, right now. And I want you to just jot down what comes to mind of the things that you're thankful for. The things that you're thankful to God for. Come on, take a moment, lean forward, get one of those cards. You can also use your bulletin as well, that's fine too. Because what I want to do is that that's a part of our offering today that we're going to give as part of our response to God. And as you're writing those things you're thankful for, I'm just going to talk just about stewardship, about giving. You guys close your ears anyway, so I'm just going to talk for a few more minutes. But, uh, but that tithe, right, that 10% first fruits gift, is, is, uh, there's three things of, of that uh, uh, tithes, gifts, and offerings. And, and tithe is that first fruits gift. It's that, that part that comes first. And I got to tell you, if you give me a, a chunk of change, right, a chunk of money, if I don't set aside something first, it's all gone. And so what that tithe is, it says, you know what, I'm going to give first to God what God has entrusted to me. That's my response to him. The second part of those, of those uh, offerings it, it are actually gifts. And what a gift is, is it's a voluntary a response to something that's on our heart. Uh, and for example, when I talked about the, the, uh, the summer soda shop, when I talked about the needs of socks and underwear, maybe that hit your heart. And, and you're going to go to that event, you're going to give that additional gift, that voluntary gift. But then there comes the offerings. And the offering is also voluntary as well. And, and it's kind of broken up into two sections. Our, our, our connection and relationship to other people, as well as our connection and relationship to God. But there's some, some subsections of those five types of offerings. And that's a thank offering. And one of the parts of the offering today that you're going to be doing is offering a thank offering. You're offering something to God that is on your heart that you want to respond fully to Him to give him thanks and praise. So how are you doing on your list? Did you take some time? Did you put something on that card? Are you ready to, to place that into the offering basket? Are you ready to, to lift that up to God, to pause, to reflect, and simply say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this gift. Thank you for this blessing. So church, along with the tithes, the gifts, and those offerings today, write those down. For those that are worshiping with us online, please submit those online uh, as part of your worship today. Now, as you put those in the offering basket, don't forget to put your checks in too. I'm just saying, I got to put that in there. But maybe God has put something on your heart. Now, now that's the next part of your homework. The next, the next part of your homework is this. So, so we're not only supposed to read Psalm 103, verse 1 through 2, listing our seven things, right? That, that attributes of God. But, but the next thing I want you to do is I want you to read and reflect on, maybe even memorize Psalm 100 because it's a psalm of thanksgiving. 
And maybe what you do this week is you start with that psalm of praise and worship and thanksgiving and watch how it transforms your heart and your life. These things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now ushers, now canter, come on up as we prepare for our offering.